We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. What does it mean to rejoice in hope? Rejoice knowing that. Right? Remember one time I told you about how Abraham was said of Abraham that Abraham against hope in hope. Hoped. <laughs> he hoped against hope, in hope. Because hope is expectation, essentially. Hope is expectation. So we have faith. Faith is knowing that what we, do, what we might not see physically is available to us. And hope is the expectation of what faith is going to deliver. Does that make sense? Faith is not necessarily expectation as it is persuasion. Does that make sense? Faith is the knowing that what is not available now is available. Because of the ability of the person who has promised that it's available. Do you understand? The knowing that what, what, what I don't have now, I have. Because he that says I have it is too faithful to fail. So I believe. That's why it's believing. Does that make sense? So faith is a persuasion. More than it is an expectation. The expectation of what you know faith can deliver is hope. Does that make sense? So, so therefore it means that every faith or every act of faith, every manifestation of faith must of a necessity be accompanied with hope. You must be expecting that what you know is possible is going to happen to you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That's the relationship between faith and hope. They are distinct, but they are intertwined. Hope is the, is the, is the expectation that what faith says is possible is coming. Faith is the knowing that I can't see it now, but it's coming. Does that make sense? That's why the activation of your salvation by grace has to be done by faith. Because you still feel like crap after saying, I believe. And you might still act like crap after saying, I believe. It, it doesn't mean that when you said you believe, it wasn't affected. You just can't feel it. You can't see it. But you know it because of faith. And then you start to hope. You have to start to expect that what you know you are in Christ, in the nearest future, you begin to manifest it. Does that make sense? Now, the writer says that in that hope, rejoice. You're rejoicing in the expectation of what is coming. Because it is yours. By faith. Make sense? Rejoicing in hope. It's important. It's 1 Corinthians 13. In one of them verses where Paul mentions love and runs through all that love is. And in verse 13, oh that's easy to remember. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. He says, and now abide faith, hope, and love. So all of his gifts were collapsed into three. Faith, hope, and love. The bedrock of your faith, the bedrock of your walk with God, the bedrock of your salvation is collapsed into these three. Faith, hope, 
love. How does the NLT put it? Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, love. The greatest of these is love. What does the message have to say? But for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, which is its rendition of faith. Hope unswervingly. Can we say unswervingly? Swerving. It's not a very easy word to pronounce, it turns out. Un- unswervingly. Without swerving, basically. Yeah? And then to love extravagantly, not extravagantly. And of course, it says the, the best of the three is love. So we rejoice in hope because we rejoice in earnest expectation, right? That what we believe is coming. And what is that hope? What is the hope we're rejoicing in? The hope of his coming and what? Completeness of the salvation. That's why we've told you that Christ cannot leave you now to fall out. He has not finished saving you in a manner of speaking. The work, the finished work, he's finished. But he's yet to complete it. That's why Paul says, he who has called you is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5, I think 24. Who also will do it? Faithful is he who has begun his work in you. Who also will finish it. So we believe that he did the work. And so we hope for the conclusion of it. The completion of it. We are expecting. We are not afraid. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 5. We are not as those children of the, of, the, of, the, of the dark, of the night. But as sons of light, we, we have earnest expectation of the day of the Lord. Because on that, this, 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 by virtue of the deposit of the Holy Spirit, we can expect that he is going to finish this salvation plan. And so we hope earnestly. And in that hope, we rejoice. We're not afraid. We're not perplexed. We're not dismayed. We're not anxious. You know, it tells them in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. We're not anxious. We're not trepidatious. We're not, you know, we're not, we don't have trepidations. We don't have uncertainties. It's not a probability. Because scripture says that that hope does not make ashamed. Yeah? Hope maketh not ashamed. So in that hope, there's no uncertainty. There's no unwaveringness. Because see, a lot of times we have interpreted God's nature from our own unregenerate nature. So you have, think, you have thought that because you are shifty, God too is shifty. You have thought because you are unsteady, he's unsteady. But scripture makes it clear that every good and perfect gift, including the free gift of God, righteousness, salvation, Every good and perfect gift, and that salvation is a gift, comes from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. In the Father of light, there is no variableness and there is no shadow of turning. Now, if of a necessity, every gift is of the nature of the giver, if God is not variable, his gift is not. Does that make sense? If he's not variable, his gift is not. And because of that, we can hope and we can rejoice in that hope. In other words, because we know the nature of the giver, the gift that he's promised is as good as received. My salvation is as good as perfected. I begin to rejoice in the knowing that it's just a matter of time. I will walk into the day of the Lord. I will see the Lord. Does that make sense? So we rejoice in hope, and hope maketh 
not ashamed. And then we are patient in tribulation. How does the NLT put this line? Be patient in trouble. Let's see the message. Don't quit in hard times. What is, how does the Amplified put this? Okay, well, hold, hold on, go back. Yeah, constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Yeah, okay. Steadfast and patient in distress. And I told you last week that there is some trouble with your name on it. If I be a man of God. <laughs> you will of a necessity go through times of trouble. That's why again we see where James says in chapter 1, counted all joy when. Not counted all joy if. Counted all joy when you go through. When you go through. And because the testing of your faith produces what? The testing of your faith worketh. Patient. What, so what are you expected to do in tribulation? Be patient. Learn patience. Use patience. How else will you maximize that fruit of the Spirit if there's no trouble? For the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, is love, joy, peace, and then patience. And right after patience, what do you have? Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Patience. Tell your neighbor, patience. For some of us, that's the biggest test of your faith. Especially as a Nigerian. Nigerians do not understand patience in any sense of the word. Spiritually, physically, mentally, financially. I imagine what it means to be patient in trouble. I had to learn it. And you wonder how somebody is so calm when everything around him is falling apart. I don't like people freaking out around me. I don't like it. I don't like people panicking. So the first thing you learn to do when troubles come your way is to find the volume button and turn it down. You hear what I just said? Learn it. Find the volume button. Find the trigger point. Turn it down. Don't let trouble disrespect the peace of God in Christ that you have. Don't let troubles disrespect the peace of God in Christ that you have. There was a lot of things Jesus could have said is living with you. He chose peace. I mean, there's so much he did for us. There's so much he could have offered in that one instance. But he said, no, peace I give to you. My peace, I live with you. My peace, my, my peace. Jesus took his peace, his own peace, and left it with me. The trouble is too small. And I'm even, right now, I'm even speaking prophetically. Trouble is too small. Peace I give to you. My peace I live with you. Not as the world gives. Another place adjectifies the peace as the peace that passes all understanding. 
I repeat again, do not let any trouble disrespect. Take that word seriously. Disrespect. You know how I used to pain you when somebody disrespected? Yeah. Don't let trouble disrespect the peace of God in Christ that you have. Find the volume button. Turn it down. The trouble doesn't go away. You just imagine that somebody's and literally you can you come to that point in your life where you just put earplugs in the noise of trouble. The, the, the trouble is there. You, you're not you're not you're not disregarding or, or refusing the fact that it's there. You're just not allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by it. Listen, one of the benefits of sons is that you have stability. You have what? Stability. Stability. I mean, I told someone yesterday, I said, Scripture says if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. You have stability. Life comes and it throws you left, right, and center. Especially when you know that this one, the only way out is the one that God will make. If he doesn't make it, there's no way out. And then you realize that he's the one that is God and he's not you. You just chill. You just chill. You can't kill yourself. And when you kill yourself, the problem is still there for your family to inherit. <laughs> patient in trouble. Tell your neighbor, patient in trouble. Yeah. So in other words, troubles come, if you marry the scripture with James, troubles come that you may learn patience. Perseverance. But when you let it disrespect the peace you have, then you have lost an opportunity to exert your sonship in the earth. Life is full of troubles, you know. And it didn't start today. Jesus actually told them, before we even know what was going to come, he said, in this life, you'll have many troubles. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So troubles come. Why do the heathens rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Troubles come everywhere from every side. You're pressed. Troubles come to crush you. But your, your help is in the name of the Lord. Your help is in the name of the Lord. He's our help. He's our portion. You remind yourself the lines are falling for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I cannot be disadvantaged. Once I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or his seed, beg bread. I walk in abundance. I walk in sufficiency. A day is coming. I keep reminding myself. Oh, my, I was speaking to one of my, my loved, lovely daughters yesterday. And I said to her, I said, listen, remind yourself of the day when you will sit down in your own company, your own business, your own shop. And you will see girls and guys running around serving you. And you see children around your table. And then you will not remember those days when you went through what you went through. You have to, you have to rejoice in hope. Rejoicing in hope enables you to be patient in trouble. Do you understand? Because what, what you are expecting that you can see gives you staying power today when you are going through what you are going through. I never cease confessing the big picture in my life, ever. If you hang around me, you would know. I'm always talking. My mouth is big when it comes to my future. Because it's my mouth that shapes it, not yours. My mouth is never shut. I'm, consta- I'm not afraid to tell you what I'm looking forward to. I'm not afraid. Always saying it. And I'm, every day I wake up, I'm a step closer to what I'm saying. Every day I wake up, I'm a step, I'm every, because I'm, I'm active. I'm not just speaking. I'm speaking actively. 
I'm doing what I'm speaking. I'm speaking what I'm doing. Does that make sense? So you rejoice in hope, and because you rejoice in hope, you have expectation that makes you jubilant. He's able, he's able to give you the same power to weather whatever storm that today throws at you. Does that make sense? So you can take on today's storm. It's fine. All the more each day I'm realizing how everything I went through, I made a, I put a post up on WhatsApp a few days ago, every single thing I went through, every mess up, every goof, every mistake, every heartbreak, everything was part of the plan. Every time I sit down, I'm dealing with an issue. Every time I sit down, I'm giving counsel, I'm giving advice, I'm giving consultancy, I'm preparing a teaching. Every time I see my life flashing through me, every single turn in the road was part of the plan. Every single one. Every single one. The devil had no part to play in my life beyond what God gave him to play. So I can't can't blame the devil for anything in my life. There's no power to make anything go wrong that he was not mandated to do. I don't factor devil, devil, Satan. Satan came to my life to mess it up. How? Jesus wrote his script. God wrote his script that he's directing. He's DOPing. He's doing the screenplay. He's doing the casting. He's doing the editing and the soundtrack. Then Satan now came inside and changed the script. Stole one page and put another page. And God didn't know. We now acted the page that Satan put in the script. God now edited it and color graded it. How is that possible? How is that possible? That's why Satan doesn't come around me. I know him too much. I know him too much. All his secrets are exposed with me. So there's no way he can come and do nothing in my life. He doesn't come around. He, doesn't, he knows he has no market with me. She doesn't like me. I don't, I don't have a problem with him. To be honest, I don't have a problem with Satan. I don't hate him. I don't have to hate him. I know who he is. I know who I am. He knows who he is. He knows who I am. Everybody just stay on your lane and do your thing. It's not a beef. I'm not fighting Satan. I'm not fighting Satan. Like, ah, Satan, where's he? Where's he? Kill him. In the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. No. He can't do his powerless except where he's given authority. Satan came and spoiled my life. Eh? Wow. Wow. It's amazing. But because we rejoice in hope, we can be patient in today's suffering. Because man, what it's working. But our light afflictions. Hey, 2 Corinthians 4.17. But our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And, and it's interesting how you have weight and glory there because gl- glory means weight and weight is here. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Go on to 18. While you see what, what he says. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So guess what? Hope spurs in you a visibility of the eternal. Romans 8, 24. For we're saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? 
hoping because you can't see it, but you know it's coming. And so we rejoice in hope and we are patient in trouble. And let's end here. And we are steadfast in prayer. We are steadfast in prayer. And as you know, in this house, our prayer approach is that we pray from victory. Not for victory, because we have. We persevere in prayer. Here's what prayer gives you the advantage of. Prayer gives you the advantage of repeated confession. Does that make sense? The, The power of repeated confession. See, the day you woke up in the morning, you go, today I declare with your mouth open that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am favored. I cannot be disadvantaged. The love of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I am above and I am not beneath. Lines answer to me in pleasant places. I, I, everywhere I go, I, I possess, I dominate, I take authority. I enforce the culture of the kingdom in the earth. I've spread my tentacles and I fly. I spread my wings and I fly. I'm a son of God. My head is quickened to absorb all I need to absorb. My mind comes alive to deliver my best at work. I shine as light in the marketplace. I, I dominate. I spread the culture of the kingdom. I exert sonship in the earth. I am the son that the earth has been waiting for manifestation of. I am the one that creation has been groaning for. So I, I you just prayed. Prayer is just repeated confession about your reality in God through Christ. Do you understand? Prayer gives you the advantage of repeated confession. Repeated confession. You're not begging for anything. You're a son. What is your father's is yours. Is anybody hearing me? I am sick. My body cannot go down. I win. The end of this matter is that I win. Blessed be God, that other scripture, 2 Corinthians 2.14, who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. That is my reality, that he always causes me to triumph. Tell me, you declare that, you just prayed. Did you hear what I said? Prayer gives you the advantage of what? Repeated confession. Repeat it, pray it, pray it, repeat it. That's what it means to continue steadfastly in prayer. Steadfastly in prayer. Your prayer point does not change. Because your prayer point is the confession of your reality in God through Christ. And that does not change. More of you. It's not a prayer point. Show me your glory. It's not a prayer point. Show me your face. It's not a prayer point. We... Beholding us in the mirror. Which place are you praying to see? So, so that's how you will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray, and one junior familiar spirit will appear on the wall of your room. I'm telling you. Junior, like corporal, private. Because serious demons don't have time to even answer that kind of stupid prayer. Just one junior demon just, just, that's just trying to flex demonic power. And I come and say, hey, hey, my son, I am the Lord that you have been praying to see. You now start drawing. And I say, the Lord that you saw had long beer beer. Uh-huh. So we have contorted visualizations of Christ that don't agree with each other. Every single painting of Jesus is different. Every single one is different. You can't agree. So let me see your face. It's not a prayer point. Lord, lift me up. It's not a prayer point. Can you see what I mean? So at the end of the day, when you understand prayer, is one. Father, I have the victory. You are going through sickness. I have the victory. 
Matu Calabra, I invoke the healing I have now that came before the sickness. It's consistent. Prayer is you confessing who you are in Christ repeatedly. And trust me, that's all God wants to hear. Not your, not your <laughs> father, you know. <laughs> no, of course, talk to him by all means. Enjoy yourself. He's your father. But if you are praying, you are declaring your reality in God through Christ. That's prayer. And in that, you continue how? Steadfastly. You cannot confess enough who you are in God. You can't. You can't confess it enough. I've said it enough now. I've said it ten times today. You know, every opportunity is an excuse to, to, to verbalize who you are in God through Christ. Every, take every excuse. Every excuse. Every conversation you have. Everybody that comes to you, remind them. Jolt yourself. Remind yourself every day. The moment you understand this is prayer, you will never get tired of praying. We call it one of, ah, you will not get tired of praying. You, as you start to pray, you understand. You just enter tongues and then as you're speaking in tongues, you get understanding. You come back into it. You just And then you boo, you're, you're done. You're gone. It might be five minutes, no problem. It might be ten minutes, no problem. It might be two hours, no problem. Just continue steadfastly in prayer. Stay on your bed. Start to wiggle your leg. Every time you are moved, respond in tongues. What's wrong with you? You are a spiritual person. Every time you are moved, you don't have to understand what it is. Sometimes you are watching a movie. A movie and it stares up something. Hit the pause button. Pray in the spirit for a few minutes. When you finish, play the play again and continue. You're in a cab, you're walking around and you feel something. The wind blows in a particular way. I cannot be disadvantaged. I take authority over this atmosphere. It doesn't feel right. Your street is quiet. It's too quiet. You look around and you're like, no, I'm, I'm a son in this place. I breathe your righteousness over this place. I enforce my kingdom authority in this place. I thank you for it. If you are sensitive, you'll hear that thing lift. You want to sleep. No, it's not, you know, it's not that you stay at all, up all night. No, no, we are not disadvantaged. We, we just declare. When you pray, you sense a shift. You sense it. If you, are, if you are sensitive in the spirit. That's why you can't just be praying in tongues like a desikali. Like we are forcing you. Your whole life is coded. The coding of your life. The programming of your life. Is in the prayer of your spirit when your mind is unfruitful. The devil cannot decrypt it. He can't hack it. When you're praying, you're understanding. He hears all. He's here. He's in this service. He's here. You can hear all we're saying. But the moment I go last, kiss untaba. Lature mandikula isaturaga. He has no clue what I'm saying. Secure line. Secure line. You can't hack it. So for those of you that feel like a time will come when we have grown over praying in the spirit, I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for you. Until the Lord comes, my mouth is causing confusion in the camp of the enemy. Confusion. And this can happen 20 times a day. You might not, it's good to have a dedicated time to pray. Find it if you are led. Find it, it's good. But prayer is not about dedicated time. It's about steadfastly. Continually. Continually in prayer. Pressing. You feel something. Pray. Are you hearing me? So you, you feel funny. Pray. 
A bank transaction is not about to, it's not, it's happening, it's not happening. They told him the bank, they've sent it, you have not received it. Uncle, pray. Start to fidget and freak out. I start to, no, pray. Jonas, just bow your head down and go, oh, hallelujah. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Father. You have prayed. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the heat of the stress, in the heat of the problem, the car is heating up. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. You're done. That way you maintain your spiritual equilibrium. Do you understand? Nothing touches your, let me use a phrase that some of you movie lovers are happy, are happy to know. Nothing touches your happy place. You know your happy place? You say, I went to my happy place. Nothing touches your equilibrium. You have balance in the spirit. Transaction is not working. So what? Some of you, all it takes is for the ATM to collect your card. That's it. That's all. That's the end of your day. Everything has spoiled. I'm serious. Everything has spoiled. All it takes is for you to give the taxi driver 100 naira and he drove off without giving you 50 naira. It will not better for you. Cha, cha, cha. We will come to that where it says, bless those that curse you. The same here. They must draw. It says, bless and don't curse. Ah! Until you need to die. Don't allow your spiritual equilibrium to be disturbed. Is anybody hear what I'm saying? Look at me. There's nobody in this room right now. Nobody. Nobody in this room right now. There is not a walking, talking, breathing, living bundle of trouble right now. If you don't have any trouble, lift your hand. So you see how relevant this message is? Inside the trouble, guess what you have? Peace. Peace, 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 peace. Storms were raging. Do you know? Have you seen a storm before? Until you have been in the water in a ship and there is a storm. Or in a an aircraft and there's turbulence. You don't understand what storm means. You don't understand. In Malta, there's another island called Gozo, and you take a ship to go from the island of Malta to the island of Gozo, and you get there, and it's like a straight channel across the Mediterranean, and once the storm changes, you're stuck there. You're not coming back. You're there looking at the ocean, the Mediterranean Sea. It's raging. And you can literally, it's almost a stone's throw. It's less than a mile. Less than a mile. There's like four or five islands. You're looking at your hotel. You can't go. Because the entire ferry, three decks with vehicles and everything, says we can't go through the storm. And then eventually you set out and you can feel, can you imagine like you're in a hundred tons vessel and you can feel the swaying of, it's not a joke, of the waves. And then the captain is not sure whether to let down the anchor or to try and make it to port. You are now inside the boat. Water is pouring into the boat. Boat is going left and right, up and down. And you are sleeping. All through
through scripture, you see types and antitypes. So just before you think I'm talking about Jesus, no, I'm talking about Jonah. Just showing us the kind of peace that Jesus will have when he comes. Jonah knew that the boat he was on was going to a destination that he was not supposed to be going. And yet, he was sleeping. You, you are domiciled and resident in God through Christ. And you are fretting. Somebody was supposed to be going to Nineveh. He was going to Tashis. And he was sleeping in the storm. He still trusted that the God he was just disobeying will not let him see disaster. The God he was actively, presently disobeying. He knew that God cannot let me die. Last, last. I'm a prophet of God. I will still be alive. Slept! They woke him up. So what's wrong with you? We are throwing things overboard. And there's a storm and you are sleeping. He said, ah, I know this storm is because of me. <laughs> it's, it's because of me. I know that I'm the cause for the storm. That's why I'm sleeping. This storm, at the end of the day, this storm is to collect me and drop me where I'm going. It's not God that sent this storm. If it's God, I'm sleeping. Can you imagine? And he now had the gumption, the alacrity, the temerity to tell them, carry me, throw me into the water. You'll be at peace. And at the moment that they lifted him was the, at the exact time that his transport arrived. <laughs> if he had woken up earlier and they threw him, Transport has not come. He cannot swim. So can you see the deliberateness of God? So no, no, no. This storm is for me. I'm sleeping. Now I'm ready. If you throw me now, my boat is here. Submarine. Threw him straight into the water. He was collected. And deposited safely. Jesus comes on the boat, sleeping. Peter gets angry. Same thing they told Jonah. Do you know, it's not worrying you that we're dying. Same thing they told Jonah. Carry us down, not that we perish. Jesus wakes up angry that they had disturbed his sleep over a minor storm. Storm. Why was Jesus sleeping? The storm was part of of the necessary utilities to deliver them to their destination. Jesus knew that the storm will not derail them. The storm will just storm you to where he's taking you. This storm is making where you're going. It's not taking you away from it. I repeat, prophetically too, the storm is making is alakuse bahada hada bahada. Landima cruze kis uzinda libra kataha mazito libra ida. If you will have peace in this storm, if you will have patience in this storm, you would open your eyes from your sleep of peace and find yourself in your intended destination. 
in Maliga, if you would sleep in the storm, if you would be patient in the storm, if you would be peaceful in the storm, that when the storm passes, you'll open your eyes and find that you have arrived where he was taking you to. You better open your mouth and take it in now, right now. Malega Zodaha. Jege Brada Malagendoso. Oh, thank you, Father. Limbra Gedis. Zoba Candele Bregedis. So Sumbalaga Dijos. Eba de Gedibregoso. So Zagada Brande Gedis. Andi Balis to Suzy Greda Balahala. Thank you for your peace, O oh God. Thank you for your peace in the storm. Thank you for all your working in and through us today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. See, my mind is peaceful. See, my mind is at rest. I have the patience of the Holy Spirit. I am equipped. I am graced to navigate every storm. There is no flood thick enough to sweep me. There is no storm turbulent enough to derail me. I am a storm rider. I am a storm rider. Because the end of this storm, the end of that storm, the end of the other storm, the end of every other storm is to bring me to my intended destination in God through Christ. So I speak to every storm, I demystify every uncertainty, and I announce to you. That you are nothing more than a vehicle. That you are nothing more than a vehicle. That you are nothing more than a vehicle. To deliver me safely. To deliver me swiftly. To deliver me swiftly. At my expected end. And so thank the Lord for it tonight. Are there any storm riders in the room tonight? Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. You are steady. You are unshakable. You are immovable. Let the storms rage. No problem. Let the storms rage. No problem. Bring on the flood. Throw, bring out the rent issues. Bring out the school issues. Bring, throw your best shot. Throw your best shot. The end of it is I win. That's the end of it. Throw whatever you want to throw. Throw a headache. Throw infection. Throw whatever it is. The end is that I win. I'm a storm rider. The storm that can kill me has not been born. The storm that can derail me has not come. No storm is big enough. No, take my car, take my house, take my job, take my money, take my clothes, 
I win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, go home tonight and sleep. Look the storm in the eye and sleep. Look that trouble in the eye and sleep. Look that debt in the eye and sleep. Look at the debt, call it paid. Look at the exam, call it passed. Are you hearing me? Look at the look at this, look at the scholarship, call it won. Look at, the, look at the sickness. Call it healed. Look at the course. Call it graduated. Look at the business. Look at the business. Call it started. Call it profitable. Expand the place. Enlarge the place of your tent. Be at peace. 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 The storm is in your favor. 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 We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, what a great night. What a great night. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You glad you came tonight? Was the time well spent? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.